The Hard Shoulder with Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Well, we always conclude our programme on Monday with a visitation, not from the Pope, but from our relationship guru. Clinical psychotherapist Stephanie Regan joins me to steer you through all your thorny relationship issues. And this week we want to talk about the problems of addiction within families and how it affects loved ones. You may have seen in the news that Ben Affleck, the famous, famous guy, was driven to rehab by his estranged wife, actress Jennifer Garner. She and Affleck broke up three years ago. He had an affair with the children's nanny and is now dating a Playboy model 22 years of age. Yet, the ex-wife Jennifer Garner raced to the rescue of the Batman star. They have three young children together. So this led us, Stephanie, to look at the issue of addiction and dependency issues and how difficult it is. Hi, Ivan. Uh, Good to be back. Yeah, I I must say, I think it's a really uh, good one to talk about alcohol. It's so pervasive, as we know, in Ireland, but also to look at it from a few angles, from the children, from the husband, from the spouses and the partners just in relationships and indeed alcohol in the beginning of relationships, because there can be signs early on that you should perhaps address. So there's a few angles to look at. Um, Okay, just to comment first on the Ben Affleck and and, um, Jennifer Garner um, issue, I, I just thought... Here's a girl, in my view, who has spotted that, you know, parenting continues even though the relationship breaks. And those three children will love her and respect her in years to come for helping that man to come back to himself. And I think that's um, a big gift that she is giving to them. And I think it's the right thing. Parenting continues even though your relationship breaks or, you know, the man or woman in your life has become disappointing to you. She's no longer what you want or what what um, what you hoped for or vice versa. But continuing that relationship in a respectful way, I think we've said it here many times, is huge. It's hugely important. Interestingly, in my own work, I have met, and I've been kind of surprised at this, sometimes maybe 20 years after a separation, you would meet a, a, a woman or a man, I've, I've met them in, in therapy, who would be minding their estranged husband or their estranged wife in illness as life's gone on, because maybe that person didn't repartner, or maybe they repartnered and that broke up. So they would come back and mind them in their, in, in their last year or two. And I think that's something very special, too. You know, it's it's an acknowledgement of 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 this. Um, what would you say the the sort of the, dura- the durability, the durability of that connection, that initial connection, even well, if it's, it's not it's love a different relationship. Of course, a different relationship. Okay, is so all alcohol. of that is all of that applicable where someone doesn't repartner? In other words, mm. if 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 the situation was that 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 someone with an addiction problem has a second family has a a second partner or a multi, you know, a subsequent partner. Um, in in those circumstances, surely you'd be better to 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 keep out. Let or? them go. Yes. Well, the responsibility passes largely to the next spouse, and that's fine. And you're not trying to intervene. Even but though where, there's parenting issues. 
Yes, but if the if the person is vulnerable, which I suppose is what Ben Affleck looks like here, yeah. he's vulnerable. He's in recovery. He is uh, probably uh, recovering and and um, and slipping backwards, and as we have seen in the article, and I just think for her to to show the children in many ways that he is still a man that she cares about. He is still their father, and she is going to care for him. And and I imagine by the steps she has taken that she's done it in a constructive way. You know, it's not soft, soft love all the time and no calling the drawing the line. So, okay, that, so that brings us on to the substantive issue, which yes. is addiction itself yeah. and how to cope with it within a relationship. OK, so, I mean, first of all, addiction is prevalent. I don't think we have to emphasise that. It's prevalent in Ireland. But maybe interesting to say that in relationship counselling and in those who present for counselling, you know, for for relationships and for the end of marriages, they're trying to, to save a marriage, only about 21% talk about it being involving drink. So it's probably important to put that in perspective. So, of course, it's important, but it doesn't tend to be the most prevalent issue. I always come back to it. Communication seems to be the most prevalent. So back to addiction when it is there. The key things I would say are spotting the problem. You, you the non-addicted person, recognising the problem for what it is. Often what people do is they try and like all of us, you know, we, we we talk about the denial that is there in the whole nation around drink. Well, nobody is more in denial than the addicted person. But it's awfully easy if you're in that household to be a little in denial too and say, well, sure, you know, it was a busy weekend and it was a very sociable weekend. But then the next night was another night and then there was another social weekend. And, and so it can be easy to muddy the picture. And the questions I would always say, there are lots of online sort of checklists that people can check you know, the levels of drink going on and see if it is a problem. But for me, the yardstick is very simple. If it's a problem in your household, it's a problem. If there's too much, if people are arguing about drink and how much a person is drinking, and if there are rows and fallouts and emotional disappointments and all of that, and they, are, and they can be traced back to too much drink, then drink is a problem. Then drink has to be talked about. Now, whether the level of addiction or the, all of that, that can all be assessed. But for you, the person who is living with somebody who you believe is addicted, I would say to you, the yardstick is simple. If you feel it's a problem, you need to communicate that. That's, that's step one. Check online, do your research. After that, if you feel your, you know, your partner is in denial about it and will not and says, oh, you know, the usual things are to say to people, well, oh, you're, you know, hyper about drink. You're, you're very puritanical about drink. Your parents didn't drink. So you think it's all wrong. My drink is just a normal social level. That's, that's the usual kind of defence. I think you have to come, come and say straight, this is a problem in our relationship. And that's what we're dealing with. If a person is in huge denial and it's, it's constant, um, you know, drunkenness, which can be more overt and more obvious, then the pattern for intervening is that you get somebody else with you. First of all, you take note of the drinking and you write it down so that you can sit down and say, I have monitored how many times there has been absolute open drunkenness in this house over the past week, two weeks, a month. Here they are. The night you went here, the night we went there and you write them down. Because that's easier than saying, well, I remember and you remember. And then we have all that discussion. So you write it down. You get somebody like a brother, sister, friend, loved one. Or obviously, if it's an adult child, you can do that. Use that person too. ask that person too. But you sit down in a completely sober state with the person and you intervene. And you say quite simply, you confront them with, their, with, with what you see as the huge problem with the drink and you provide the solutions. 
I mean, I'm giving it in a very succinct way, but mm. that's it. That's how anybody would do it. If somebody came to me looking for clinical help, I would be helping them as a family to come to that point where they can make that confrontation and say, we want you to take help for this. We are no longer prepared to live in this household with this level of drinking like this. So that's what you help people to do. People also have the alternative. Remember, you know, to go to the so to go to all of the AA sites, they have very, very good websites with very good information. I would definitely encourage people to that. Just to read it, do your own research. Don't make any statements. Think about it. Think about it first before you start making the statements. It allows you to kind of filter through what's going on without getting involved, embroiled so in rows. Are you saying that the, the um, non-drinking or non-addicted person in the relationship might go to AA themselves first? Yes. There before is, actually ever confronting the person and, yes. and suggesting they go to AA? For their information meetings. They have okay. information meetings for, for uh, family, also for children, and of course many of the other Rutland centres and, and areas like this have that as well, other treatment centres. Are there centers. sober coaches? Or is that just a Hollywood thing? How do you mean sober coaches? People, to, to help people with sobriety. Well, all of AA is based on that. I mean, the sober the sober coach and support and are absolutely wonderful. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful network and I see it working awfully well for people. So, so, don't don't despair. I think that's another thing. Don't despair. And I mean, people do recover and people get 10 years, 15 years, 20 years of sobriety. And let's be honest, it's not easy to be sober in Ireland. Well, mm-hmm. I was just reading some of yeah. the stats this morning. 78% of, of, I think it was, people in Ireland actually drink alcohol. There's very, you know, it's a small, mm. it's, it's a lot of people and, and our levels are very high. And we know that, that in the OECD, we are, we are the second highest consumer of alcohol. Well, so, what if the addicted person reacts wrongly or, or badly and, and, you know, feels uh, more than put upon, feels actually angry about being accused of all this and feels it's over the top and so on. What I think do you, you do can, then? You can take that Say as the a... denial. Yeah, is. you can take that as an absolute given. Denial is absolutely part of addiction. And so when the person... And this is why it's so destructive in a relationship because the denial allows the addicted person to continue. It allows them to say, well, you know, that was a hard day for me. And, uh, you know, they have all sorts of reasons and rationales in their mind to allow themselves to drink again. And so when you confront that... They don't want it. They don't want to hear it. And we all know that anybody who has, even in a friendly way, tried to approach drink with an addicted person. And is it your experience, Stephanie, when we talk about addiction, that relative to drug addiction, smoking addiction, gambling addiction, sex addiction, Mm -hmm. adultery addiction, whatever it might be, that drink is out there way on its own is the biggest problem? Well, or, or would you say oh, everything that you said equally applies I, I, to the I, other addictions? I would say they apply. I mean, the denial is part of addiction. And um, and it's one of the reasons why it completely erodes the relationship. Because, think of it, for the let's take it just from the adult to adult first. The core of the relationship between any, any couple... Um, is that you trust each other, that you you can trust each other to do what you say you will do, that you feel emotionally safe with the person, sexually safe with the person. So all these things go together. And so if the person then is addicted, they are hiding, they are uh, disappointing you, they are lying to you, 
they are probably hiding money and, you know, spending money that you don't know about. So there is a whole whole series of deceits going on that is just tearing at the relationship. And then you have children looking on and watching a relationship that is negative and full of tears and disappointments and all of fighting and asking the person to be sober. And, and they have all their little and, and they learn to be. The, the problem for children is they, they are looking on at parents, ad, an addicted parent, and they are being parents to that parent because they're looking out for them. They're trying to see why they're getting drunk, why they're over drinking, you know. So little children become kind of parents to, the, to their own parents. As we say, grow up too early. They don't get that chance to be just kids in the house because they can't trust the parent. OK, my thanks to Stephanie Regan uh, for... Uh, all of those complicated addiction issues as they affect relationships. And don't forget, uh, we're asking listeners to get in touch with the programme to give us your problems so Stephanie can help. Uh, you can contact us by emailing us at thehardshoulder at newstalk.com, text us at the regular number 53106 uh, and Stephanie will advise you and we will, of course, treat it in confidence and anonymity. Uh, so, Fascinating insights there. Uh, I would say that denial is the biggest problem there. That, in, in sure. other words, that 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 getting to first base of agreeing to deal with the problem is the base that a lot of people probably don't get to. The relationship might rupture before that stage. Before that, exactly. Okay. Fascinating insights, Stephanie. As always, thank you. See you again next week. 